Hello and welcome to All About Smartphones, brought to you by Air Zale, the audio internet reading service of Los Angeles. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshta. And I'm Julian Farkas. And today we're going to talk about something that is really very, very interesting, and that is, are mobile phones replacing computers today? You know, Julian, every day at our center, we have children and adults that are coming in. And there's some trends that I have noticed. Number one is that there are more people who have smartphones than ever before. These are people who have retired incomes that they live on, others who are on welfare. But it doesn't matter what their income level is. Virtually everybody has a smartphone. And number two, I noticed the way that people are using these phones. They're basically doing everything. They're on there searching Google. Oh, there's a Starbucks two blocks away, Grandma. Let's go after this appointment. Or they're writing reports. They're sending and checking emails. I mean, they're doing everything that I could tell on this. So why don't you tell me, what are some of the things that you are noticing with these mobile units? I know that in addition to the smartphones, there's also the iPads and other mobile devices. But what are you noticing? Yeah, you know, I've noticed this trend as well. Uh, and it's funny that this comes up because I like to keep myself informed in many ways. And one of the ways I keep myself informed is listening to Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Oh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> and he has been talking about this recently. So it's it's quite apropos. And it's really true when you think about it. The majority of, of people today, what are they doing with their computers? They're checking their email, they're going on Facebook, they're buying stuff on Amazon, uh, you know, doing a little Googling here and there. Uh, yeah. And that's and that's pretty much it. And, you know, writing letters, doing documents, playing solitaire, doing whatever they do. Yes. But most, most of them have a computer and an operating system, uh, Windows, <laughs> that is far more capable and complicated than what they need. So, look, what we talked about with Android before, where there's a attraction to the openness, but with the openness and flexibility also comes complications. The same could definitely be said about uh, desktop computers or even laptops. You know, there was a time where that was it. If you wanted to do these uh, kinds of things, you had to have a desktop or a laptop. Uh, you had no choice. That's right. But you were you were overbuying. the 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 likelihood is, and I think this this holds true for most people today. Uh, most of us, the the processing power that we have in our smartphones or even in our tablets, probably exceeds that of which uh, is on our desktop computers, because we don't replace <laughs> those as often. With uh, with mobile devices, let's face it, we're, you know the they come they come up with new ones every year uh a lot of people maybe every two or so years uh buy a new device so you're getting the the newer faster uh, capability you're getting a modern operating system far more modern than uh, windows or or even uh, mac os which has been around forever and because of that, it has to support old legacy hardware and old programs that a lot of people don't use. But because they're used in business, you know, the, the, the makers of these operating systems have to support them. And what that ultimately just translates to is a lot of 
bloat, a lot of unnecessary. It's like, a, how did Leo put it? It's like buying a uh, a Ferrari when you just need to go to the store <laughs> yeah. and do your grocery shopping, something to that effect. You know, why Why would you go out and buy, a, a, you know, <laughs> uh, an expensive sports car with, with this uh, high-powered engine that you're never going to use because you don't go over the speed limit? <laughs> what good is it? But then at the same time, because you're buying this ultra-complicated high-end sports car, there's so many more things that can go wrong with it. Yes. And then when right. they go wrong, you're driving yourself nuts or you have to go to a mechanic or somebody who specializes in that. So the same goes for, for computing today. Most people don't need a full-blown desktop computer running Windows. It's it's more than what they need for, for what most people are doing. Uh, anybody who obviously is creating content, editing content, doing you know things like that, uh, obviously this doesn't apply to. But that's not the majority of people. So I think in most cases, the, uh, the mobile device, the smartphone, tablet, whatever, uh, easily replaces the 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 desktop computer um and even for for writing you know you might say oh well how am i gonna write a long document or or do a major spreadsheet on a mobile device it's just all touchscreen you can get bluetooth keyboards and or hardware keyboards and connect to them and now you've got the same capability that's right i think that's what i what apple's going for when they came out with the ipad pro uh earlier well last fall yeah you know it's it's a bigger screen and they sell a case that you can get that has the keyboard in it and you can buy this extra pencil. You know, they're, they're slowly but surely trying to blend all of this. You, you saw Microsoft try to do it with Windows 8 and that was a big disaster because you're, you're trying to blend a touch operating system with a non-touch operating system. Um, and I think you see Apple does it, I think, a little more intelligently where they're kind of going the other way around. They're, they're, getting you into the mobile system and trying to get it to be able to do more and more of what the traditional desktop operating system does. Well, let's go over just a few of these things. And I could tell you about myself. I do not use my notebook computer as much as I used to, not nearly as much. One of the first reasons why I like to use my iPhone is I think that it is more secure than my laptop computer. What's your feelings about the security? Oh, absolutely, and this is what I'm. This is part of what I talk about with the complications. Uh, far less security worries, especially with an iOS device, because Apple uh, has it all locked down, so to speak. Uh, a modern operating system handles things way differently than an older legacy operating system does. They, um, when you open an app on an iOS device, it's open up in what's called a sandbox. So if you remember when you were a kid and you played in a sandbox, you know, all the sand was yes. just yeah. confined to that box and your toys, everything was in there. And it's kind of the same idea is that you open an app in its own little sandbox. So if the app has a problem, it's not going to affect the rest of the operating system. It's not going to take it down and, and, and crash it and uh, make you have to restart over again. Because anything that goes wrong is in that sandbox. So if something goes wrong in that sandbox, you just flush it out and put new sand in the box, and you're good to go. That's right. You know. Now, what about email? I do all of my email now on my phone. Well, again, email. Uh, most of us are are doing email via the cloud, via something called IMAP. Uh, IMAP means that uh, 
when you do when you when you're reading your email, you're not actually taking it and storing the email on your device like in the old days with POP3, which stands for uh, Post Office Protocol. Is what POP stands for. Uh, before in the old days, you would your your computer were to go to the server and check. Imagine like you check your mailbox at home. You come home, you check your mailbox, you see everything that's in there, you take it all out, take it back to the house, put it on the counter, and then you take what's yours and leave what's everybody else's there, that sort of thing. Um, with with IMAP. What you're doing is, it's the equivalent as if, if you went to the mailbox and looked at the mail, but instead of taking it all out of the box and taking it with you, you'd open it up and what you wanted to keep, you'd leave there in the box. What you didn't want to keep, you'd uh, throw it away. So uh, anybody can go into your mailbox and see all the mail that's in there. So it's a, it's kept in one central place. I realize that with with the uh, physical mail that, that doesn't sound like it'd be as practical, but with uh, with email it's great because most of us now are checking emails from multiple devices. We're not just using the one computer at home anymore. We're checking from work. We're checking from our iPhone. We're checking from our uh, Android tablet. We're checking from all kinds of places. So you don't want each of those devices downloading the email and taking it off the server. Because then that would be annoying. You downloaded something at work, then you get home and you want to look at it, and it's like, oh, I can't. It's not there anymore. It's on the work hard drive. That's right. I could check my email any place I'm at because I have my phone with me. I don't have to be near my computer. Right. But a lot of people no longer. I notice a lot of patients, a lot of friends, they're not sending me emails as much as they used to. But I get a lot more text messages. Right. Well, that's the These other. These text messages are just so convenient on the phone. Right. Uh, it is. It, it's that's become more the preferred way. Could you? You know, there are some people that are young enough now that they think of email as the old-fashioned way, like the way we think of snail <laughs> yes. mail. They look at email. It's like, oh, that's the old way of doing things. Yes. I, you know, the way I'm describing all these different protocols and things like that. Uh, to some people, it's, it's now text messaging. It's Facebook Messenger. That's becoming fast becoming the most popular way to send messages to each other is Facebook Messenger. Uh, apps like uh, WhatsApp messaging, all of these, all these are known as over-the-top messaging because they're not going through the phone carrier's traditional SMS, uh, you know, uh, text message network. It's going through somebody else's service and it's using the internet connection. But you know, it, it's kind of similar to, to what I was describing with the IMAP. If you use Facebook Messenger, it doesn't matter whether you look at your computer at home and look at your messages on Facebook or do it on your uh, smartphone. The messages are there because they're stored on Facebook's cloud. So that's why it makes it so convenient. That's why IMAP on email is so convenient, is that it's much easier to manage. You know, and it used to be that I would have to go on my home computer because I wanted to read something. As a blind person, if there was a printed page, I would have to scan it. But now, with my iPhone, I could use the KenFB mobile application, pick up my iPhone take a picture of it and it reads it for me right i don't need my scanner anymore nope sure don't (laughs) and what's also really amazing about that i was talking to a young patient about that showed him what i was doing with it said this is amazing how much is it i said this application is 99 dollars." he says why would i spend three thousand dollars on kurtzwell when i could buy this one for a hundred dollars 
Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. It is so much Although, more affordable. I will say, in all fairness, though, if you're going to be doing heavy scanning, like you're a college kid, and you need to scan whole books at a time, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's uh, that it's practical to think you can do that with a smartphone versus a, a standalone solution. But again, that's not most of us. Mm-hmm. For the average person who isn't scanning whole college books, uh, what you described is perfect. That's right. And so it used to be that if you were low vision or blind, you would have to use a computer. But there are applications available for the smartphone that doesn't mean that you need the computer. For example, I know that you had talked to us about Be My Eyes. Yes. That is something that works on the phones, but not on your home computer, right? right? <laughs> yeah, because that, that's an app written for today's more modern iOS operating system. They don't bother. They don't, I mean, I don't know. It, something like that might exist on Windows for all I know. I know people might use Skype for things like that, but that involves connecting to somebody that you know. Uh-huh. And what about others like the currency identifier and color identifiers? They're available on the phone. Yeah, they are. Although I will say color identification, I still think, uh, leaves something to be desired on smartphones. I think the standalone color readers are still better. Okay. Uh huh. But what are some other things that, uh, the average consumer who has low vision really is not able to do using the phone, but is able to do on his or her home computer? Well, again, it, it's not just even uh, just for low vision consumers, it's for anybody. I think anybody who, for example, creates content, you know, if you're going to be audio- editing uh, audio, let's say you do a lot of podcasting, or uh, let's say you want to do recording, you, you have a band, you want to do your own studio recording, it's doable on the mobile devices that, that they're, that, you know, Apple has GarageBand, and I recently read that they've done some major enhancements to it where you could do virtual instruments and loops and things like that so even that you're you're getting better and better with the mobile devices but i would still say right now if you're doing a lot of video editing if you're writing code programming things like that obviously you're creating content um if you're right if you're doing a lot of of writing of of documents you put out a newsletter or something like that uh you're writing a book uh, I still think the computer is better for stuff like that. It's just, uh, the, you know, the comfort of it, uh, the flexibility of it. I, I think it's just better for, for that, for content creators. And, of course, people who are just geeks and like to tweak operating systems and like to experiment, like to hack, like to try different things out. Obviously, the the the, uh, the Windows operating, the Windows environment, the Linux environment, things like that are going to be far better and flexible to them than what they get on mobile devices, which uh, tend to have more restricted operating systems. But but again, as I point out, uh, that's not the majority of us. That's a that, that's a certain segment of the population, and those people will always need computers. But your grandma, who just wants to be able to to, to chat with her grandchildren, look at them via video conference, send an email to them, check on Facebook, and see what the rest of the family is doing. Uh, you know, read recipes online or things like that. She does not need a Windows computer. That's right. It's going to be far more <laughs> complex, and you're going to have to spend much more time uh, 
taking care of uh, things that come up. You'll you'll have to be her tech support, uh, and and also have to school her on on online security. The the the, uh, the viruses and things like that. You're you're far more susceptible to it on those kind of operating systems versus uh, iOS and even Android. Yes, it's just really amazing, and I think five years from now. We're going to see people doing even more with these mobile devices. And I should also mention, uh, I didn't talk about this enough, but Leo talks about them, and I haven't played with them, but these Chromebooks now that are ideal for students, um, they, it's like having a laptop, except that it's all cloud-dependent. Everything, everything you do is stored in the cloud. You've got Google Docs, and Google Docs has word processing, uh, uh, spreadsheet editing, all, all that's, all the stuff you can do on, on Microsoft Office, you can do on Google Docs. And you've got this little, little laptop kind of thing. It has a keyboard, has a screen. Uh, it's effectively just a browser. And the neat thing about that is that if something goes wrong and it gets corrupted, they have what's, uh, what do they call it? The the, the uh, power wash that you you can do to it. You push a button that says power wash, and it just clears everything out. It clears out, like I said earlier, with the sandbox. Clears out the sandbox, puts in new sand, and now you just power it back up again, log back into your uh, Google account, and you're good to go. You don't miss a beat. How simple is that? So uh, they're very popular now. More and more schools are, are looking into them. They're great for students, and I think in some cases great for for the older uh, folks as well, who who just have very simple, straightforward needs and don't need the complexity of a full blown uh, operating system like Windows. You know, before we leave that topic, Julian, with these Chromebook computers that you can purchase and they're very affordable, what's the status of them? With respect to low vision technology, can they magnify the text? Can they read out loud for us? I think they have some things in them. I, I have to admit, I have not really played a whole lot with them. And it may be something I should do. Just, okay. Just to know. But I know that they have a screen reading capability. They have that. I, I've, I've seen it demonstrated before. Great, great. Well, we'll have to check that out and do another program just on that because... That really seems like a very convenient solution as compared to the old way. If we had a laptop computer and it crashed or we lost something, you know, we heard it all the time. I didn't back up my computer. My hard drive died. I don't have that important document. With the Chromebooks, you could retrieve all that very easily from the clouds. So how can anybody get in touch with you, Julian, if they want to ask you any questions about all of this new technology? Yeah, if somebody wants to get a hold of me, ask me questions, arrange for a private one-on-one or group training. I also do uh, tech support. I do presentations. If you have a group of people that wants to have me come and, and speak about accessibility, accessibility and demonstrate the things to you, I'm available to do all that. Uh, I can be reached by phone at area code 818-794-9554. Or via my website, www.techjv.com. That's www.techj as in Julian, V as in Vargas.com. Again, Julian, thank you very much. And Mr. Burden, thank you very much for recording this. And on behalf of everybody here at Airs LA, we hope to see you next time we bring you more all about smartphones. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> 